You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Welcome to the Hoops Fix podcast with me, your host Sam Nita, full-time British basketball advocate. And we're continuing on with our bonus episodes of Luol Deng and Pops Mensa Bonsu's Instagram live sessions, Deng and Pops, hashtag Deng Pops Chat, with episode two titled Coming to America, which is chronicling their jump from the UK to the US um, and their journeys in high school, Luol Deng at Blair Academy and Pops Mensa Bonsu at The Hun. Uh, Super, super interesting. Uh, Lots of little nice tidbits. I didn't even realise Pops went to the States originally for an education. Uh, Nothing to do with basketball um and yeah like uh, the mindset uh, the the levels uh, much much more as always uh, if you want to support the work that we're doing please do check out our patreon patreon.com forward slash hoops fix that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash h-o-o-p-s-f-i-x and there you can sign up to continue supporting our work um, with a monthly do- donation of as much or as little as you would like uh, as always you can reach out to me on my email address sam at hoopsfix.com i reply to every single one with any thoughts feedback or anything else uh, or any social media profile at hoopsfix uh, we're on everything so yeah definitely hit us up uh, that's enough from me here is episode two of deng pops chat uh, coming to america um, okay, we're waiting on Pops. Yeah, I told you guys last time I'm new with this, so Pops is. What's up? We in here? Hey, Pops, you're you're the pinpoint of this, man. You know, like this this technology thing is is uh, it's lacking in my end, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the title part? That Benson said. I don't know what he's talking about. I just left it alone. This guy, this guy. Listen, we no nah, no. Nah, listen, we're here. It's round two. Uh, what what uh, what we got going on today? Obviously, last one was great. Uh, got a lot of feedback. Um, you know, a lot of really good points. Um, so we want to continue with that. Obviously, mm-hmm. so you know, I think we left it. Obviously, now we know this runs for an hour. So pops, you know, don't don't try to go over an hour. Uh, we're gonna get cut off. So. <laughs> Do you see some? Do you see some of this tomfoolery going on in the uh, in the in the comments? What's huh? that, Hamish? The tomfoolery going on in the comments. What? Uh, ben Kenyon, who was on, speaking of high school, this kid looked like he was thirty-five as a as a high school sophomore. I don't know who he was trying to convince otherwise. My man looked like he was thirty-five. Yo, Ben Ben could hoop though, man. Listen, don't don't sleep on. Ben. He was older than everybody. Of course, he could hoop. He was a man child. He, he was always <laughs> now, but uh, yo, so last time we left it off, uh, obviously we, we had a lot of questions that we didn't take. Um, I, I'm new to this. Pops, I see you in live all the time, bro. I Just alive. This is the second time I've done live, bro. No, that's not true. I see, I, I log on my Instagram and I see live. You know the the live is the red circle thing, right? When it's live. no, that just means you have a story, bro. No, when it's blinking, bro. When it's on the story and it says live, it says live on it. I see pops and someone, pops and someone. So this <laughs> well, is this is my because... first live. I get excuse. It's my first live, so this is it's new to me. Okay, so, so don't what know. don't you know now that you did it? What you know now that you didn't know last time? Uh, I don't know how to look at the screen and read the comments at the same time, so I don't know. <laughs> Listen. I'll try. I'll try my best to look down here, then look up, then look down. No, but it's better to just. So look, should we? Where, where do you want to pick it up from? Because I know it's a lot of good points that we made last time. Obviously, today, 
the whole series, the, it's our second one, but we really want to talk about coming to America and mm-hmm. going to high school, uh, playing, playing in high school and the recruiting process and your, you know, your mindset going through high school, coming from a different, you know, uh, background to mostly the teammates and everything. So let's just pick up from, you know, our last year in London, uh, just, right. you know, deciding to, to go to high school. So how did you end up, uh, you know, in the high school that you ended up in and what was that like? Oh man, that's, so that's crazy. So like I said from last time, for those who remember, um, basketball for me when it started was like, I wasn't a natural at it. I wasn't very good at 13, 14. And um, we, you know, my older brother, my two older brothers had gone to the US to go to school. And I remember I was playing and it was my dream to probably go over there and play. But I knew, I just felt like I wasn't good enough. And then one day my dad came in and was like, are you going to go to high school in, in Princeton, New Jersey? And I was like, what? And I remember telling my, I was in the fourth year, and I remember telling my, my, my friends in school that I wasn't coming back and I was going to the U.S. And everybody was like shocked, excited, surprised, perplexed. They didn't understand like what was going on. And what really got to me was when, uh, when I told my teammates with Joe White, and I told them that I'd be leaving. You would be mowing the lawn right now. Um, that I'd be leaving. <laughs> that I'd be leaving to go to the U.S. And like I said, I wasn't even one of the better players on my team. And they're looking at me like, "Yo, how does this guy get to go and we don't?" And so for me, that was that was just motivation. I really felt like I had to prove not only to myself, I had to prove to everybody in London, my family, my brother. And everybody else in the basketball world that I did, I was deserving, even though at the time people felt like others had um, should have had the opportunity to do so. So for me, that was that's what started off with my motivation. A lot of people get homesick. A lot of people get get um, it's tough to move to a new surrounding. For me, I was so determined and so focused on what I had to accomplish that I like it. It was bigger than basketball, bigger than school. I like I had to succeed, and so. That's what I was, that's what my mindset was when I first got to New Jersey. Yeah. You know, for me it was uh it's a lot different, obviously. I knew I knew ahead of time that I was gonna leave. Uh, it was a tough decision for my mom. Obviously, at the time that we decided I was not even fourteen yet. Uh, right. so at thirteen, my sister was really good at basketball. Arek was really good at basketball and she had a scholarship. Uh, but my, my dad's mindset was get me out there in school with my sister, get me out of South London, pretty much. Um, mind you, at this at this age, my parents never seen me play basketball. They were very supportive, but they never seen me play basketball. So they didn't really understand where basketball could take you. It was, you know, my brother was playing in the U.S. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get to the U.S. Um, and it, it was hard for them because they knew basketball you know, school is everything, you know, so basketball wasn't, you know, the main thing. It was about school. But luckily for me, I was going to Blair and Blair is like the number one. I mean, top, I shouldn't say number one, but top 15, you know, academically in the country. All the kids are going to Princeton, uh, going to Harvard, stuff like that, you know, Ivy League. So my dad was okay with that. Um, But before I before I left, I had I had switched my mindset. 
you know, because I had the fear of kids in the U.S. being better than me. Uh, so I had to really prepare myself. I didn't want to show up and I'm not, you know, the player that I want to be, uh, you know. So it took a lot of hard work and a lot of commitment to just switch my mindset into going to the U.S., you know. Hey, fam. Yo, I don't know. I don't know if you could. Can, can you hear me? I can hear you. I mean, you put your headphones on. I don't know what's going on. No, nah, this, this, this dude, this dude uh, over here wants to start mowing his lawn right when I go on live, and makes me want to go over there and go back to my North London days. But he went away now, so. Right <laughs> Yo, I thought I thought Matt I thought Matt was taking another call in the middle of the live <laughs> session. You no, know, I, 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 I felt I. What what happened? Are you on another no, call? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just doing this so I can hear you better. But I saw somebody's <laughs> name. I saw someone's name, and I hope, and if it's, I hope it's not the guy that I'm thinking of. It says Dalton Grant two three seven, and Dalton Grant was like the uh, the high jumper who I used to want to be like when I was younger. And I don't know if, if that's actually actually him, but that's his name. That's his Instagram name. If it, if it is, then it's over. Who? who? There's somebody on our thing who? that says Dalton Grant. Dalton Grant is uh, used to be a British so, high jumper. So, so you were about to end this it's live him. to it's go him. jump in uh, no. uh, in a live no, talk. No, he's watching our live now, fam. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. But I'm just saying, you put your headphones on like you're about to go live with him. You know I mean, <laughs> no, I put my headphones on <laughs> so that I can hear better. <laughs> Legend, ah, ah, ah. No, but oh, so look. Nah, nah. So let's let's talk about. So obviously, we're going to talk about how you and I ended up uh, uh, connecting again in high school in the U.S. Randomly, you went to Jersey, and I went to Jersey also. Mm -hmm. um, but let's, you know, it's a lot of people who are taking the same path that we took, um, or are going to take the same path. And this is where obviously we kind of, you know, connect with London, but we also connected with kids coming to high school from all over the world. And what's that, you know, I, I always want to get to give an advice because everybody's situation is different. Your path is so different than mine. You know, you went to the high school and you had to do what you had to do to get to where you want to get to. I had to do the same, but obviously it's, it's a whole different, uh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. I think, um, I think we should definitely speak to the mindset coming over again. Like I said, um, it was unexpected when I was told I was going to school here and I was, and once I got to the U S I was really just, um, excited about the opportunity and my first semester, you have to understand, like similar to you, I went to Hunt in Princeton and, um, I literally went from going to a public school in North London to one of the, the richest schools in the in the world, probably some of the richest people in the world. And you know, we grew up we grew up, you know, I wouldn't even want to call it modest. We grew up, you know, impoverished like most of our friends did. And now I'm going to school with some of the richest kids in the world. And you're at, you're at a, such a such an impressionable age where you want to fit in and you want to just be like everybody else. But guys like us, we're gonna stand out. Like, it was, probably wasn't that many black people. There wasn't, um, definitely wasn't that many kids from London. Um, it was definitely um, a rude awakening because I was a pretty good student in school in London. But when I came to the U.S., just adjusting to the, the new system, the new format was, was, was difficult for me. 
I struggled through the first semester, but um, I started thinking like, am I not smart? Can I not do this? Because you have to understand, I didn't have a laptop. I didn't have, uh, I had never written a 10 page paper before. And these are, and I knew that my schooling and my education was going to be a big part of my success over here. And I had to do well. And I, um, by the time it was my second semester at Hun, I was, I kind of started figuring things out and started finding my niche and started to understand how to adjust here. And it was quick though. It was either figure it out or end up back in, in, in Tottenham doing nothing. So yeah, I just, I just yeah. remember, um, I'll get to that part later about my weekends. But yeah, that's just adjusting to the schooling was, was one of the biggest issues for me when I first got here. Yeah. Nah, it's crazy, man. Cause you know, there's so much we struggle with um, and so much that's different when you come to the US. I remember when I left, first, let me just tell a story real quick when I left. So Michael Deng is getting ready to leave. Um, <laughs> so I decided, you know, I switched, I switched my mindset, you know, no longer Michael Deng. I'm, I'm going on this mission. I'm going to the US. I'm like, you know, at 14, I'm leaving my family behind. Um, I can't waste this opportunity. Uh, I gotta make it happen. But before I leave, my mom decided that, you know, to show up in school, I had to wear a suit, you know, so I've never, ever worn a suit before then, you know, it's my first time wearing a suit and the suit didn't fit. Uh, you know, I had ankle swingers on, I had white socks on, uh, but at the time I was fly, you know what I mean? I was, nah, I was fly, bro. So I show up, me and my sister, we show up, mind you, I'm going to a boarding school for four years. I showed up with a book bag. Uh, I had a few clothes on uh, in my book bag, and I pretty much had nothing. I didn't even bring basketball shoes or anything, you know. And I remember my coach staying up late. First, we landed in New Jersey. No, we landed in Newark. Yeah, we landed in Newark Airport, and we we got picked up. Uh, me and my sister. We drove into the middle of nowhere uh, to Blair Academy. Mind you, everyone thinks for some reason. Everyone thinks you know just because you're African that you grew up in the middle of just trees everywhere. Nah, it wasn't like that for me. I grew up in Egypt in a city, then I went to London. So going to Blair, I was in the middle of nowhere, you know, nothing but trees. And I remember my first night I showed up and my coach was like, you know, this is all you brought with you? I'm like, yeah. Uh, and he's so looking at me like, you, you know, you're about to be here for four, <laughs> you're about to be here for four years. And my whole thing was, I didn't think that far ahead. I just thought I'm coming, it's a mission. I'm going to get it done. Then I realized I didn't even have basketball shoes. And luckily for me, when I went to school, uh, Royale Ivy, who ended up going to Texas, uh, who was a senior then, Royale looked out for me a lot. And we wore the same shoe size. And Royale gave me my first pair of basketball shoes when I got to the US to actually be able to play and practice. And I wore those shoes all year. But it just, you know, it just takes me back of where we were and what was my mindset. I really came to the U.S. with the mindset that I had to get it done. I'm not leaving my family behind uh, to not get it done. And I was, my biggest fear was, it wasn't so much of, you know, what am I going to struggle with socially? It was more of, I got to be better than all these kids. Um, I, I got to come in and prove that I'm, I, could, I could make it happen. You know what I mean? So this where my whole mindset started to change. I didn't want anything else but to make sure that I made the right decision by, you know, coming to the US. That's a that's a great point and great segue. I think for me, 
Um, you know, I often tell people about certain obstacles and hurdles that I that I that I ran into in the course of my career, my life that I felt like motivated me and pushed me to to want to be great. And I think one of those one of those instances was one of my my first basketball experience when I got to New Jersey. I remember getting there excited. You know, everybody's like, oh, they got this new basketball player from London and blah, blah, blah. And little did they know I wasn't there to play basketball. I wasn't on no scholarship. I wasn't on anything like that. I just played basketball. And there was all this hype around me, around the school. It was, you know, it's a boarding school and, um, you know, the new kid there. And, you know, I, I, played, I played on a football team, soccer team, I should say. And I, um, I remember we getting ready to practice. And I'm practicing with the varsity team, playing and everything, and I'm excited. And it's weird because it was like out of a movie because our first game was against Blair. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I get to play against my boy, North and South London. We're going to go head to head. And I remember about a couple hours before the game, I remember, you know, the Blair team shows up, and we're all just shooting around, warming up, and my coach calls me over and hands me a uniform. And I'm like, well, the game doesn't stop for a while. He's like, no, nah, it's the JV uniform. You're going to be playing in the game before. And I had no clue what JV was. I, had, I didn't know what was going going on. And when he told me that I was playing before, you know, I was I was I was shattered, bro. I was. And when I, if you saw the uniform, the uniform had um, it was like I was playing in the '70s. The shorts were too small. My um, my my spandex was longer than my shorts. I. I used to wear knee-high socks. I used to wear knee-high yeah, socks. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. And and two small shoes. I, I found out when I was a senior in high school that I was really a size 15 and I was wearing size 13. And so <laughs> we're getting ready to play this game. And I think this is where it came from because anytime something negatively happened to me, I always found a way to channel that energy and take it out on the court. So I'm like, I'm embarrassed now. My boy's here. He's he's arguably the best one of the best players in the country, and I'm on JV, bro. And I remember you just sitting in the stands and looking like, what's going? Why is he playing in this game? And I just hey, not, being, not to not to cut you off. Hey, not to cut you off, but one of my teammate, uh, Courtney. Courtney was there. I remember this day when we were sitting on the bleachers, and you were playing with uh, the JV team. You know, and I right. kept telling them, like, yo, watch my boy, man. And I was out there. I swear I was telling everyone, I was like, yo, he shouldn't be, What? what is, what's going on? He shouldn't be there. <laughs> you know, he shouldn't be playing with the JV. And you came out, this is no lie, bro. You you came out just jumping from everywhere, <laughs> jumping from the free throw line. We were in the stands like, yo, are they sure, are they, sure they don't want him to play with the CBT, uh, with the varsity team? I swear I remember this. And Courtney actually played against you. Right. Uh, uh, and we always talk about that story, man. It's crazy. It was hard, man, because especially when you want to be amongst your peers and you have these expectations and dreams and they're just shattered right in front of you. I was like, I have to find a way to just show everybody I'm not supposed to be here. The whole year I played JV. I don't even know if I played many varsity minutes. And it was... Man, it was tough, man. I remember not even wanting to speak to you until, uh, and I didn't speak to you until we met up again when we were, uh, when we was running track, when we ran track, when we met up in track. And why, was, why, why, uh, why do I feel like you really want to tell that story? 
just just i mean we uh, you just you know take it to track you really want to tell that it's story a transition about it, was what my, it was your track. freshman year my sophomore year we're going in chronological order order so that's that's what that's what the next step was we went to a high school your freshman year my sophomore year i was on jv you was on on varsity doing gallivanting around with them and the next time we ran into each other <laughs> was track is that not is that how it goes? Am I tripping? I mean, no, no. I mean, we were gonna get there, but you seem eager to get to the track, so we might as well just no, because that was that, that was our, so. Wait, hold up. You have to understand. Remember, I transferred after that one year. Well, I transferred after that one year, and you were still at Blair. So I did two more years at a different school. So it has to, if we're gonna go chronological order, we have to go straight to to, to track. <laughs> have to go. And, and All right, man. The look. Person that tells the story. That can tell the story. I don't tell the story. No, I'm just going. Listen. So, so when I got when I got to Blair, and I'm going to lead to the track. Okay. You know, there's a lot of things that beside uh, sports. There's a lot of other, um, you know, issues and problems that other athletes face, especially coming from you know the background that we're coming from in different backgrounds. For me, and I told you this story before. Going to Blair, Blair was not only you know a basketball about to be a basketball powerhouse but what the biggest thing that matters a Blair score you know every kid in your classroom is is going uh, big time Ivy League or you know a great school so it's it's almost a competition within a competition so kids are competing in a classroom and you don't want to go to Blair and not be one of the smartest kids um, mm -hmm. you know but they will humble you kids there take it very serious like they will humble you for me when I went to Blair and I always tell this story. I've never, ever in my whole life, before I went to Blair, I've never, ever used a computer. I've never, ever used a computer. Uh, so when I was in, you know, when I was in school in London, I've never, you know, really sat in front of a computer. I don't know what a, I know what a computer is, but I've never used it. Uh, so I go to Blair and we get homework and you have to do 15 page papers, you know, 10 page papers. And it's all supposed to be typed up. Mm -hmm. So I went, I went to Coach Mantegna, shout out to Coach Mantegna, by the way, who, one of the nicest human beings, not even, you know, not talking about, you know, his IQ as a coach, but just Most as a course. human being. I was so lucky, mm -hmm. you know, so lucky to have a coach like that. So I get there and I sit down with Coach and I was like, yo, Coach, I, I've, you know, I got a 10 page paper I got to do, but. I don't know how to do it. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know how to type. I, I never, and I'm, and I'm really honest. I've never used, I've never seen a computer in my life. I don't, I don't have this. Like, I don't know what to do with this. And the school had, the school had to come to an agreement that I had to write everything, you know, instead of typing it. So I had to hand write all my papers and hand them in while everyone is typing them. So when I messed up and I had to do, you know, spelling check and all that, I had to rewrite the whole paper again. Uh, but this is part of, <laughs> you know, some things that, you know, uh, kids from different uh, places in the world deal with are coming, you know, to the U.S. and all that stuff. So, yeah. you know, not even not even on the court yet. This is all, you know, just life related stuff. So anyway, so we we get on the court and I remember my first, uh, you know, session with uh, the team. Coach Montana is like, you know, we're just going to have a pickup. And at the time, you weren't allowed to practice, you know, until a certain date uh, in high school. So we organized the pickup and we go play. And mind you, I'm nervous. 
I'm, I'm really, I don't know how good these kids are. And Royale is there. Royale is obviously, you know, a senior. He's trying to get, you know, uh, to one of the best schools. We ended up in Texas. So I'm, I'm walking in the gym and I'm like, man, I got to, you know, I got to come ready. And I really underestimated the fact that coming from Brixton and I was playing with the men's team, with the juniors team from the age of 12, um, that I was really prepared and ready. And when we started playing pickup, as soon as the game was over, Coach Mantagna, my high school coach, called me to the office. And this is as a freshman uh, in high school. So he sits me down and his first thing was, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you're a lot better than I thought. Um, I didn't know you were this good. Um, you know, I, I, I was told you're good, but I just took the chance and we wanted your sister. So I'm just going to tell you sitting here after watching you play one time, when it comes time to your decision, it's going to be all the top schools in the country or you're going to have an option to skip school if you take this seriously. And, it, and that's when it really hit me, you know? It really hit me that, oh my God, like I really, I have a chance to, to make this happen. And this is where, you know, being so blessed and being so lucky to, to end up at Blair, but I ended up with a coach that believed in me right away. Uh, and that's what I always try to tell people, you know, my path, I had Jimmy, you know, I had people in my life that believed in me. Then I had my high school coach. It could have really went wrong, but my high school coach right away made me believe that, you know, I'm just as good as any kid in the country. Uh, and right away, he's like, you know, you're the best freshman in, in the country. Um, and I started to believe that and I started to follow that. And that was, and that became my work ethic because now I'm in the U.S. and these kids are not better than me. I, I, I feared all this talk everyone was saying, but now I'm here and I'm ready to go, you know? So I'm, I, I know I'm, you know, I don't want to jump a lot, but I want to jump into what happened, how I ended up uh, competing against someone like you in track, which I never, ever wanted to do. It wasn't my <laughs> intention. I'm not, I'm not here to say, you know, I'm this uh, amazing track athlete. That wasn't part of the plan at all. But to just let, to just let everyone know. Uh, so in high school, we had to do two sports. Yeah. Uh, you had to do, you know, uh, if you play basketball, you had to do another sport. And I wanted to play football. I wanted to play soccer, right? And Mantagna, my high school coach, wouldn't let me. Uh, he refused that I'm playing soccer. So I had to pick up something else. So in my, my thinking, the way I process things, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do track. I'm going to do high jump. And the reason why I'm going to do high jump is because I'm going to improve my athleticism, right? This is my whole plan. So, right? so I got it down. So I do track. I go out there, no form. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and I start, you know, high jump. So I'm just jumping naturally, right? And I'm jumping against, you know, all these kids at school. And wait, it's, uh, it's, it's the guy back. No, it was a dog. I don't really do dogs. So I, so I should uh, make okay. sure yeah, that. No, no. Are you saying outside? You look scared. No, no, you've never seen me look scared before. Only time I get scared is at the free throw line. So don't do that. Uh -uh. Hey, this is live. We got it on camera. I saw the way you looked on camera. <laughs> nah, that was a lot. That was called so, situational awareness. Oh, my God. Yo, so anyway, so I end up doing high jump. And mind you, before I ran into you, I won the state 
uh, in high jump. I went prep school state in high jump, right? So I'm actually doing pretty good. I my record was I jumped six four, which I'm I'm you know very happy. I still have my medal. So I returned the next year, and I'm like, yo, this is simple, you know, like this is nothing, man. Like I just I'm gonna get another medal. I'm sitting there uh, just laying down, you know, in track meets how everyone just sits down and lays down. So I'm sitting there chilling. And I'm just ready, you know, you enter the jump whenever you want to enter. So I'm sitting there. I'm, I enter most of the time at 6'2". You know, I get over 6'2", I jump 6'4", I get to 6'6", and I win it. You know, that's, that's, that was my plan. Nobody in prep school is jumping that. So I'm chilling. And mind you, this guy, walk, <laughs> this guy Pops walks in with the smallest shorts I ever seen. So I walk up to Pops and I'm like, yo, uh, what you doing here? Uh, he's like, oh, man, you know, our track is here. We're here to compete, whatever. And I think you were doing another event. I don't think you were just man, doing high jump. You were doing they had event. me doing like so, four or five events while I was in school. Yeah, so I'm like, I know this guy is, you know, one of the best athletes i ever seen in my life. And I'm just hoping in my head, like, you know, he say some something like triple jump or uh, throw in the discus or something. I don't really, <laughs> I don't want to hear high jump. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like, yo, what a, uh, you're like, what are you here? What are, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, high jump, you know, just puffing out my chest, like, yeah, you know, state champ, doing high jump back again to get my medal. And this guy's like, yeah, I'm here to do high jump too. What the? Come on, man. I'm like, yo. <laughs> so me believing, I had, I'm thinking, oh, yo, I got a chance. Let me do this. I got a chance. Um, and I get out at 6'4". Uh, you know, I couldn't get over 6'4". I, I think that, that day I just didn't have it. I don't know if I was thinking too much of what Pops is going to do or what. But as I remember, you didn't enter the, the, the contest until 6'8". Uh, it was probably 6'6". Six, six, I probably would have got a warm-up at 6'4", but 6'4", six, 6'6", six, six, yeah. <laughs> this guy a warm up, yeah. yeah anyway, well. so you end up. I remember you. I remember you jumped uh, seven four or so. I mean, no, seven two, seven two. Am I wrong or? So okay, so okay, so here, here's here's how this all began. Shout out to the men from St. Thomas More, Stephen, all my guys who we we used to like. I told you track was my first sport. It was like the first sport that the only sport I feel like I was born to do. Like, you know, with basketball, like, obviously you put in all the work, but there was a gift that you had, too, at a young age. For me, I had to just work to get to whatever level I got to. Um, yeah, humble Someone said humble brag. But, yeah, track from the time I was 10, 11 years old, um, high jump was my thing. And it was funny, and it's crazy to me, like, you might as well understand this, that Dawson Grant is, is, in, our, is in, our, in our lives because that's who I wanted to be when I was younger. That's why I was tripping because that's who I wanted to. I because he was a high jumper. He um he was also I think he was from around the way. I know Tony Jarrett who did hurdles was from Herringay. but Dalton Grant was a high jumper. He was black, and I was like I hadn't seen anybody else that looked like me that did this. So I always told myself that's who I'm gonna be. So I get we get to the U.S. and then you know I'm I'm playing JV in high school and I'm like man like I I just needed something to pick up my spirits and I knew track season was coming. And I tried to tell them, hey, now I'm pretty good at high jump, but they didn't believe me until we started the season. And I just remember, like, 
going through the motions and winning and like if if the team would have 25 points i would have i would have 19 of them because it made me do high jumps it made me do the hurdles it made me do the javelin the discus and like because because they force you to do two sports i was doing the four by four hundred relay with with kids who had probably never who was running in in dress shoes and i've got my track cleats and everything and so we get there and i remember when we when we when we met and I seen you. I was like, oh, Lou's doing the high jump. This is going to be interesting. And I don't think anybody has, nobody has ever seen yeah. me. It's going to be interesting because nobody had ever seen me doing high jump outside of me when I was in London. And I remember you going and jumping. I was like, okay, like he's athletic and he's just going through the motions. And I used to scissor kick the, the earlier heights. I used to scissor kick the heights just to see how I was feeling that day. And I remember doing that and you looking at me like, yo, wh- who is this guy? Who-, who is this dude? And, um, yeah, so, like, for me, for track, you know, like, I, my record was 7-1. And so I always knew that if basketball wasn't going to work, maybe I could go I could go to track route. Maybe I could get a scholarship for track. And the crazy thing is some of the offers and some of the, the, the schools recruiting me for track, would were were ten times better than some of the offers in the schools recruiting me for basketball. Like my biggest school recruiting me for basketball was UConn, and they came in really really late. I had already committed to GW by that time, and like some of the schools I had for track were the Mississippi State. We had Georgia Tech. We had South Carolina, Clemson. Like a lot of Big East and AC. I mean, big um, Big Twelve, ACC, SEC schools were recruiting me, and I didn't realize until like a few weeks ago that when my um, when my high school coach told me that my senior I shouldn't run track, I thought it was because he wanted me to stay healthy and it was for my well-being. But I find that I realize now that the colleges recruit me for basketball were like he can't go the track route because he'll never he'll never we'll never get a chance to recruit him. So they they convinced me not to run track just so that I wouldn't take a scholarship there. And I thought it was because I got hurt. And I always thought, yes, somebody just asked the question. I always thought I was gonna be an Olympic high jumper. So I was so that was like one of the most difficult decisions in my life at seventeen that I had to make. Do I continue running track in the sport that I excel at or do I do do I go the basketball route where I can maybe get a scholarship? And so that was that was the decision I was riddled with, with track. And a lot of people don't know that, but track was the sport. That was my first love and the sport that I thought I was actually going to go to the Olympics for. Yeah. Yeah, nah, that's amazing, man. Let's talk a little bit about um, just basketball-wise, you know, because, you know, you went from one school to another school. There's a lot of kids that are doing that now. Um, I I definitely took a different route. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was in the same school for four years, and that process for me was a lot different than your process. You know, so just for me, I get a lot of kids that you know are skipping or moving from school to school just because of the situation. You know, so can you talk a little bit about just your situation in your first school and the reason of leaving it and going to another school, and it worked out for you, obviously, uh, but the decision that made you make that decision man it's, it's interesting man i remember catching up with my brother in the summertime and 
just feeling disappointed, even though, you know, I was state champion in, in high jump and, you know, won prep and then won the, the public school um, championship too. But I'm I'm most I'm saddened at the fact that I played JV, and the, that day that you walked in and I'm playing JV and we're playing against we're not playing against each other. I'm playing against the um I'm playing against the JV team. I was like I have to find a way to figure this out. And one of another one of my childhood friends who played with me. Hold up. Come on, shut up there. <laughs> um, I thought, hey, oh, are you, yo, is there a screen behind you? Are you like in a glass? Uh, no, it's a screen. It's you outside, outside? I'm outside. Oh, so you good, man? The dog ain't gonna get inside. No, he's just making noise. So, um, yeah. So we um, lost my train of thought. So listening to this dog. So yeah, so I transferred. I remember speaking to my brother. And I knew Andrew Sullivan and Alu Babalola um, uh, had uh, went to a high school in, in further in South Jersey. And, you know, those, those guys are from Tottenham and they play for Joe too. So it was only right that uh, <laughs> it was only right that uh, I followed suit. So I remember transferring and the new coach that was coming in was like begging me to stay. And I was like, this school costs $30,000 to go to. They want my parents to play. They couldn't pay $500 if we needed to. So I was like, um, I'm transferring. And I went to that other school, and I remember my brother was telling me, like, you know, you transfer, like, you can't just keep bouncing around. You got to figure it out and make it happen. And um, I I just I just remember, like, you know, using that as motivation. And when I, when I saw that I had to transfer, I was like, look, not only do I have to – like, not only is, a, is it a pivot and I have to prove myself, I have to make sure I do right by my brother, do right by my, um, my, you know, yourself, the rest of the guys in London and Hackney everywhere, and show them that it wasn't a mistake. And so it was always in the back of my mind when I went there. I was like, look, just get a scholarship. Just get a scholarship. Find a way yeah. to get Division two, Division whatever. Just get a scholarship and take care of the rest from there. And that was my mindset going in. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, you know, we all get different people come in, but you, you always end up in a different situation. Mine was, was totally different, obviously. I went to, you know, coming to Blair and having a coach uh, that cared about me more than anything, uh, you know, it, it really helped me a lot because basketball after that was just about working hard. Uh, the coach took care of most of the stuff. So for me, it was when I came in, it went from, where do I belong? What level of basketball can I play? How good are the, these kids in America? So coming in as a freshman, I didn't even know this whole ranking system. Um, you know, I just wanted to be the best I could be. So I just went, I wouldn't let my old ways go. Uh, before I left uh, London, I decided that I was going to work out every day at six. Um, so I wanted to follow through with the same commitment. You know, so every day I was getting up, I was working out, going to classes afterward. Um, my coach gave me the keys to the gym. Obviously, I'm in a boarding school, so the gym was like right next to my dorm. Um, I was going in there, working out every morning, and it became a thing. You know, all of a sudden you had three guys joining me. Then you had five guys. Then we had, you know, majority of the team working out together in the mornings before class. And then luckily for me, next year I get uh, a teammate uh, Charlie Villanueva uh, coming from New York 
And at the time, Charlie was one of the best, you know, uh, high school players in, in the whole country, you know, and I was so excited that he's going to be my teammate. And when Charlie came over, uh, honestly, Charlie bought all the attention and all the media and all the followers and everything because he was, he was it. He was, he was, you know, he was everybody in New York knew about Charlie. So we started to get so much publicity and people started to see us play. You know, and we started getting ranked. We started, you know, um, a high school team became ranked nationally. People were coming to watch us. Um, we were everywhere, Slam, cover Slam magazine. So, you know, it, it went from coming from London and just trying to just figure it out into these two high school kids who from the same high school. And mind you, we were roommates, you know, shout out to Charlie. But I learned so much from Charlie. Um, we, we were roommates, so every day we were working out, pushing each other, and all of a sudden everyone's talking about, you know, why are we, why are we even going to college? Uh, you mm -hmm. guys need to skip. You know, it was, and this, Charlie took it a lot more serious than I did because Charlie knew exactly what he wanted to do, you know, and Charlie wanted to go. I, I really didn't know if I was ready for the NBA, but I knew that there's teams that are interested and wanted me to go. You know, and it all changed. It all changed because of, you know, obviously my parents wanted school first. They always wanted school first, not understanding mm -hmm. the, you know, the level of, you know, when you're a professional athlete, you know, your life changes, you know, you could take care of your family and everything. But at the time, my parents were still, you know, thinking school is everything. Uh, and, you know, and then the recruiting process started. And, you know, we talked, you and I talked about how recruiting is so different uh, the recruitment that you went through and the, compared to what, you know, the recruitment that I went through. Yeah, no, that's funny you say that because going through the high school process, I remember, like, there was no social media, no Facebook. Uh, I didn't have a cell phone. So if I didn't, if you didn't have AOL Instant Messenger or, or, yeah, that's it, really. Like, we, we wasn't really talking. And I would always just hear through the grapevine, like, yo, the kid Luau Deng is um, killing me. He's the number one player in the country, going back and forth. He can go to any school in the, in the, he wants to. And this whole time, I'm hearing that. And, you know, a lot of people growing up would say, like, man, did you hate on that? Or, like, how did you react to that? Like, I always use your successes and your work ethic as motivation. Because, again, I looked up to what you did on the court. And I was, I didn't look at it as competition. I looked at it as like, I have to step my game up. And too many people often use outside circumstances and factors to be like, oh, my coach this, my agent this. Nah, like if I always say, if I'm putting an element and I'm putting a situation, it's up to me. If I'm putting a situation to succeed and to play, it's up to me what I do on the court. And if, if you have the time to put the work ethic in and develop your game, then it, it should be up to you too. And that's just how I looked at it. I was never one for excuses. And I always told myself, look, you got to develop that work ethic and develop those habits if you just want a chance, let alone be spoken in the same sentence as a guy like that. So I always, um, you know, always told myself, use that, use myself, use you as motivation to make sure that I, um, that I worked hard to get to the next level. And I just knew just, just hard work was going to allow me to respect. Yeah, nah, respect, bro. Uh, I'm reading some of the messages down here. I think we need to answer a few questions, but I see Be uh, Benny just said uh, 15 minutes. You know, Benny is always on us. 
she's reminding us it's 15 minutes i see kieran uh <laughs> kieran man i got so many stories for that guy no, kieran, I... <laughs> um, but we should you know let's let's take let's take some time to to answer a few questions sure. um so you know you're you're better than me at seeing this thing I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out so if you see any questions that you want to answer go ahead i'll do the same thing okay i'm gonna um, bounce around um good question stand for drive that's my guy stan what up <laughs> stan is cool man um ria k uh asks us what what motivates you to to, to play basketball is that for me or for you? Us. I mean, yeah, I know it's us, but do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I mean, why? Well, you read what motivates? No, nah, you. Well, you read the question, so you must have liked that one. It was the first one I saw. Hey, Fox, um, so what motivates? We can't be going back and forth. We got fifteen minutes, man. So come no, on. You should answer the question initially instead of giving me wahala. Just answer the questions, and then I'll go next. What motivated me to play basketball? Yes. I mean, it's it's a question that has a lot of things to it. I think, first of all, I think I, I started to love the game more than anything. Uh, obviously, when you see yourself that you could actually do this, uh, you could actually be good at it, uh, you take it very serious. But for me, I honestly wanted, it's, it's a bunch of things. I wanted a situation where I can get my, could make it a lot easier for my family. Um, I wanted to compete. I wanted to be the best. But how can I get to go to school for free? How can I get a scholarship? Um, how can I change just my family's path, knowing that, you know, coming from South Sudan, the fact that I left my country because of a war uh, and being a refugee in Egypt, how can I reverse that, and, you know, and, and just changing my family's life? Uh, and I saw an opportunity. I saw basketball as an opportunity that I could actually excel in. I've never really saw myself playing 15 years as a professional athlete. I never seen myself making as much money that I made out of basketball, but it was more of just really trying to change the circumstances of the opportunities that I have. And then I started to see what comes with the success of basketball. And I wanted to just push myself and be so great at it because I knew it would open a lot of doors for a lot of other things. Um, and it's really what really kept me going and kept pushing me. Yeah, it's funny you say that. And I was meant to, I should have did this a while ago. What kind of what shirt you got on today? What, what, what are you working with today? What, what, what you what you what you what you got going on there? So in, in regards to that, why I yeah, feel I like one. what? Hey, what? Why why I feel like see like I I know see you what? did this. No, no, no I know you did this. You did this again where you didn't say anything about what you're gonna wear, right? But then you notice you kind of. Checked out my T-shirt first, and you must analyze that your T-shirt is better. So, so, so therefore, so I so therefore you jump. <laughs> so, look, now, look, I'm no, wearing. Your T-shirt says South Sudan. Uh, That's a dope shirt. What are you talking about? No, no, it, yeah. Well, oh, how did you read that? This is in Arabic, but it says Janoub. Janoub means yeah. South, but yeah, I, I know that was a lucky mean. guess because you just saw Sudan. No, I know, man. I, know, I speak <laughs> it, man. Come on, bro. I'm not. I'm not just a pretty face, man. I'm telling you. But no, oh my like, God! Here we go. Anyway, answer, <laughs> answer, the, answer the question, bro. We got yeah, ten, these, we got ten, about questions. seven minutes left. For sure. So, for me, and the reason why I revealed the shirt is because, you know, I wanted to be an agent, a, agent of change at a young age. 
and I always would consider myself a leader in anything that I did. And so when I had a chance to play the sport, I realized, and I saw that slight window of opportunity open, I was like, this is your chance to use a sport and to carry on Joe's legacy and um, inspire and lead through the game. And so that's what motivated me to play is to always inspire and lead through the game, whether on or off the court. Obviously now off the court is what I'm doing. So, um, again, being leaders, you look at some of these Pan-Africanists like Nkrumah and, and Mandela, all these people who did great things, they had to endure a lot to become leaders and make a path for people like ourselves. So I felt like if they endured some difficulty, what, how difficult is it, is it going to be for me to, um, to, to get to this, this level? So, um, yeah, that's, 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 that's why that's what motivates me to play. Um, Luau, uh, at Baller Voice says, how much would you say the route to high school in the U.S. has changed for this generation? The roots have changed, you said? So you say that the again? Route, how has the route changed, um, uh, the route to the U.S. changed for this generation? Is it better? Is it worse? Like, what, what is different about the route now? Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that you and I said we were going to talk about, which kind of relate to this questions that uh, is something that I really want us to take more serious and tackle. I think, you know, now with what you said earlier, when we came to high school, we didn't have all this, um, you know, uh, social media and technology. And it was actually, you know, back then you had to make a name for yourself or your high school coach had to know somebody to, to connect you, uh, to come to the U.S. So... I think back then when you came to the U.S., you came with help of people that actually cared about you or people that wanted to receive you. They know how good you are and wanted the mm -hmm. best for you because of, you know, obviously the connection that was made. I think now a lot of players are putting, uh, you know, they, they're making their own way, finding their own connection, not, not doing a lot of information about, you know, the school or where they're going uh, because they're so driven and they want to make it. And sometimes they end up, uh, going to the wrong place, whether it's a school that doesn't care about them as players or, you know, as human being, they just want, you know, kids to play and represent their program. So they're not looking out for their best interests. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's the biggest change where there's a lot of kids coming over and they, they're coming over to the wrong situation where before there was a few that end up in the wrong situation, but a lot of kids that were coming over is because either they made a name for themselves or, you know, they were, they were given the okay from both sides, whether it's their coach and where they're going or the family and everything. But now a lot of kids feel like, you know, I got to get out there somehow. And I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not against the drive or anything, but I really want to encourage, you know, players to, to do a background check and know exactly where they're going. Not, not, not everywhere is as sweet as you think, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's definitely true. Uh, I think part of and we'll get to that in later episodes and I know people are asking a lot of questions about certain things but you know each episode has a topic so the first one was about um our path in London then this one was about high school when it, uh next episode is going to be about recruitment and college so we're not going to forget that part and then so on and so forth so you know obviously the more questions that come in I guess that leaves us open for more episodes so um moving along we'll get a little more light-hearted questions my guy, Stanley from African Chop House, says um, he has a couple questions here. Um, who's the best dresser? I mean, are they 
they're asking me in a world i mean is it me against the rest of the world or what it's are we talking pop. about here it's big and pop who's the best dresser i think he only asked just for the people Bro, everybody know, knows that listen listen it's me right listen everyone know listen everyone know i shut it down without trying you know what i'm talking about i don't even i don't even post my what, what, what did you put what was your last post in the orange I, i'll give you that one the one where you had the orange stuff on yeah chocolate I'm yeah, I'll give you that one. No, yeah, shout out. Yeah, yeah, no, no, shout out to Chocolate, man. I don't know if you're a best dresser or Chocolate is dressing you well. Call it what you want it. The, man, the clothes don't make the man. The man make the clothes. And I say, when you fly, why would I oh, that's... drive? Hmm? Are you, yo, you coming out with, is this quotes? Are we, are we doing quotes? It's just, Let no, me get it's just what I go by. It's just what I go by. Sometimes you have to give the people what they want. So when I step out my house, Michael Jordan said it best. He said, if somebody saw me play or saw me dress um, one time, just one time in their life, then when they saw that guy, they'd be like, you know what? That guy was sharp. So you know, when I walk out the that's door. Crazy. Well, that's crazy. Well, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy you said that. Why? That's crazy. Nah, it's crazy you said that. Because I don't even try. I just be going out there. But, no, you know, no, no, I don't for try. You, for, nah, for you to be trying and people even trying to compare it, you just know. I just walk out there. I don't even know. I ain't even know. Yeah, that's why nobody mentions you when it comes to clothes. That's what it is. They, they see then why, then why would they ask? Then why would they ask who dresses better? I must be competing with it's someone a, who's question. thinking it's about it nonstop. Close. Stanley knows this and knows that we're close. And he was like, who dresses better? So, obviously, the people know that me being from South London and Ghana, uh, oh, North London, I'm sorry. And oh, Ghana. from me, South London. Did you say from me, South London? <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, I'm trying to tell y'all, man. It's, it's the South London by heart. Nah, nah, but, yo, nah, nah. we got, uh, hey, we got five We got five minutes. Uh, you know, shout out to, to you know, everyone that's been following us. Um, you know, I really shout out to Benson, man, uh, putting everything together and, and letting us come together to do this. Uh, yeah, you know, I know there's so many questions. Um, yeah, and someone, you know, my, my boy Chisel just said, you know, I'm not gonna say it, but you you might want to read it because, uh, you know, who you're trying to, you know, put your no, fashion uh, style after Jordan, right yeah, now. No, 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 <laughs> back in the 80s, yes, Jordan still <laughs> nah, don't even 80s. say it. Nah, we're not All going to give you Listen, an example. Don't even of say it. We're not... No, and uh, just say, yo, well, no, everybody anyway, sees that on uh, just like uh, MJ. You got any... Oh, so hey, no. Nah. man. Look, I'll give it guys, to you, man. Uh, no, no, I'll give it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you were saying you go ahead. Say what you were saying. No, no, I'm just saying shout out whoever you want to shout out because we got, uh, you know, a uh, few minutes to go because, you know, last time we went overtime. So. So shout out Big Bro, Kojo, my sister Audrey, Benny, um, Benson, obviously. Uh, shout out to Kieran Achara. I don't know why I'm shouting him out because he's a chief from Scotland. Um, gosh, who else? Who else is in there? J.R. Holden, probably one of the best teammates I've ever had and one of the coldest players I've ever played with. Um, Leon Mann, 82. Stephen Berthier, North London in the building, St. Thomas More. All right, all right, Pops, uh, Pops. I mean, Pops, you're going to shout. You're going to, damn. You you gonna shout what? everybody? Like we gonna be, we need an out for that. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> listen now. Nah, but seriously, man, we I, I don't want it to cut off. And then I just want to real got quick uh, shout out Go to ahead. all. Yeah, no, shout out to all my Janubin, my peoples. 
Seriously, but shout out to all my followers. Shout out to everyone who's coming in. Uh, I hope we're, you know, uh, giving you guys as much as you guys need in terms of, you know, the connection and everything. But uh, I know there's a lot more we want to talk about. So we're sorry to cut it off. But um, I think we're going to do it again, Pops, in uh, two days. Uh, I think Monday. All right, cool, cool. All right, respect, man. Respect. Thank you. Before you you go, though, Lou, before you go, though, um, you know, I did see some some stuff going on in the comments there and, you know, obviously just didn't pay attention to it. Uh, I want everybody to understand and know that the reason why we're doing this is just to find some positivity and find ways for people to to corral and get together um, during this difficult time. So if you're going to use this, this platform and this element to be negative, then you don't have to be a part of it, okay? Like, again, we're just trying to bring people together, bring a smile to people's faces, and give you guys content to um, to have during this difficult time. So, again, let's just be positive and stay together, man. Yep. Bad energy, stay far away. <laughs> Holla at you, man. (laughs) Peace. All right. You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos, and more.